Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Well, now it's super easy. All you need is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. So if you would like to start your podcast today, head on over to anchor.fm slash start to join myself and the diverse community of podcasters today. Once again, that is anchor.fm slash start to begin your podcast journey today. Welcome back, everyone. It is another episode of Demented Cast. I am running solo for my Spider-Man Far From Home review. So this is going to be a shorter episode because I don't want to just ramble on about the movie um i have a couple of things here on my notes i just kind of want to hit on given my overall thoughts on the movie um, i don't know when kate's gonna go see it so i figured i'll just do a solo episode of my review and then maybe she can do a solo episode after she sees the movie or maybe we can i can wait and next time we do an actual episode get together and we'll discuss it together uh but with that out of the way we're going to move into this review because I just want to start the review already. And before I actually start, I should warn you, there will be spoilers in this review. So if you have not seen the movie and do not like shit spoiled for you, please press off of the podcast now. Go see it and come back and listen later. Also, share this podcast with all your friends and family so that we may grow. Now, let us get into this review. And the first part that I want to kind of hit on is one of the things I look for in a movie nowadays, especially superhero movies, is the character's journey. Whether that be a villain or protagonist, a side character, whoever it may be, I, I specifically want it to be our protagonist because that's who we are supposed to care about the most. But... That's typically what I look for most in a movie is that hero journey. What do, what do they learn by the end of the movie? What are they after during the movie? Do their motivations make sense? And in this movie, Peter's journey is really much like in Home... Well, in Homecoming, his journey was that he just wanted to be accepted for who he was. He wanted to be accepted by Tony. He wanted to be accepted as a hero... And he wanted the girl at the end of the day. That was his hero. That was his journey throughout Homecoming. And in this movie, there's not so much going on for his journey. And it's really his journey boils down to him trying to figure out if he is ready and he's able to be the next Iron Man. And at the end of the day, it absolutely works 100% and I love the conclusion of Peter's journey in this movie because he goes from feeling like he can't do it to believing full-on 100% that he absolutely is not able to be the figure that Tony was as Iron Man and that's when he gives Tony's glasses away to Beck and these glasses allow him to take control of the Stark satellite and essentially he has a giant death 
satellite in space that can launch these mini drones that have guns and bombs and stuff on them that it leads to a real fun scene on a bus that where essentially he almost kills one of his classmates because he's trying to delete a photo on his phone and so throughout Peter's journey when he gets to the I would say his rock bottom stage where he feels like he can't do it. He gives those glasses away to Mysterio, which is all part of Mysterio's plan. He's trying to get Peter to give him those glasses. Um, to talking to Happy. And we get my favorite scene in the movie of Happy and Peter on the Stark jet. And their Happy tells him that he's not. Iron Man. He is not Tony. He will never be what Tony was. Or he will never be Tony. Because not even Tony could live up to Tony. He was always second guessing himself. But Happy tells him, you're Spider-Man. Be Spider-Man. Don't be Iron Man. Be Spider-Man. And so you, you get Peter's real nice call to action where he learns that Just because he can't be the next Iron Man or the next Tony Stark doesn't mean he can't be an amazing hero. Doesn't mean he can't help people and do things that Tony did. And so for for this being the second Spider-Man movie after the whole Sony Marvel deal in the, what, seventh Spider-Man movie? that we have I think this one holds up so much better than Homecoming did I feel like it's much it's obviously much better than the Andrew Garfield movies and I I honestly feel like this is a better sequel than what we got in Raimi's trilogy and I say that as someone who loved Spider-Man 2 from the early 2000s But also, in that movie, Peter's journey isn't as clear to me. Whereas in this movie, it's clear, it makes sense, and the conclusion to that journey is absolutely satisfying. Watching Peter realize that he doesn't have to be the next Iron Man or the next Tony Stark and he can just be who he is, is absolutely amazing. And it is a wonderful thing to see. Um, this movie is absolutely a love letter to the character of Spider-Man and to Tony Stark. <clears throat> Bump my mic, my bad. Oh, get a little something to drink. But yeah, so overall, I think Peter's uh, journey throughout this movie was much better than his journey in Homecoming. But moving on, I the points I have on my list I kind of just want to get through discuss for a bit and go through so I want to move on to how I feel about Spider-Man and Mysterio's relationship because this is a this was a very big device in Peter's story for home far from home and that's because part of Peter's journey was also he doesn't have his mentor figure of Tony Stark anymore He doesn't have that person he goes to to ask for help or 
ask questions about what it, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Am I doing things right? I, I, he doesn't have that mentor. And so when Quentin Beck comes around and Peter finally meets up with Nick Fury, and Nick Fury's just telling him, like, you need to man up and be a superhero. You're a fucking Avenger. Doesn't actually say that, but... Well, he tells him, like, you're an Avenger, and you've been to space. Like, you're, you're a superhero. Like, man up. Quentin is... He's a lot nicer. He's a lot easier with uh, Peter, and just... He talks to him. And it leads to this really nice relationship with Quentin and Peter that is very reminiscent of Tony and Peter's relationship. And Quentin realizes that, you know, this is just a high schooler. He's just a kid who wants to be a kid. And he he likes his girl, and he's on vacation, and he's been through a lot. But also, it sucks because Peter is in a very vulnerable place when we pick up in Far From Home. Which causes Peter to trust Quentin too easily. And Nick Fury not being the real Nick Fury. Spoiler alert. We see in an end credit scene that it was a scroll. Or more specifically Talos from Captain Marvel the whole time. And the fake imposter Nick Fury is kind of just pushing and pushing and pushing Peter. And Quentin is over here being the nice guy saying, hey, you need to relax. Like, give the kid a break. And so it causes Peter to trust him more than Nick Fury and lead him to trust him and tell him he needs to be the next Iron Man and he deserves to have the glasses. And it causes Mysterio's plan to all fall into motion of Mysterio becoming the next Iron Man and becoming the best hero that the world has ever seen. Kind of like my hero academia. But their relationship is that of not so much a mentor and a student, but Mysterio very much feels like an older brother to Peter Parker. And that he's not so much mentoring Peter, but he's more talking to Peter and asking Peter, like, what do you want? What do you want to do? What are your goals? And how are you going to do that? So, as as much as Tony's relationship with the kid was, I'm your mentor, you're my student. Quentin's relationship with Peter is that of an older brother. And it's, it's the relationship that Peter needs after Endgame. And to see Peter learn the truth of who Mysterio is and what he's doing, and see how much that hurts him, is heartbreaking is absolutely heartbreaking and it's horrible to watch and you feel so bad for Peter because he's in this vulnerable place but also he's in a place to where you kind of don't because you also think that you know you didn't know about the multiverse you didn't know that was a real thing and here's this random guy coming in telling you he's from another earth in the multiverse fighting elemental creatures that are about to destroy your planet you should be you feel like you should look at him and go dude you should be cautious you should be worried about this and so I think 
I think the brother aspect works so much better than the mentor aspect. I like the way they went with it. And I like that they made they made the decision with theory that theory theory they made the theory decision they did because it makes theory theory why I keep saying theory Nick theory um, it makes theory the asshole so that Peter is more trusting of Quentin than theory so I'm rambling on about this and so I'm just gonna move on to my next topic and that is Towards the end of the movie, we see Peter confront Mysterio um, after he foils all the drones that are projecting this giant monster at the London Bridge to kill Peter's classmates and make this grand spectacle so that Mysterio can look like this grand hero and save the day. Uh, we see Peter confront him. And the cool thing that they did is they have Jake Gyllenhaal in this mocap suit. Like the actual mocap suits that they would wear in filming. That's what he wears while he's um, putting on these illusions for people. And showing that Mysterio is this hero. But also he has these drones. Flying next to him. That way if Peter comes and tries to fight. He has protection. And in this fight. We get to see. What I think is some of the coolest things. I've seen in a movie. Mysterio is a character that. Lends himself to a movie. This is a character. Character that should have been in a movie long time ago and I'm so happy they did it because every time Peter falls into these illusions that Mysterio puts him in it's dark and you just see these there's one scene where it's a dark room and you see mirrors fall all around Peter and it's just copies of Spider-Man in the mirrors and then he looks at one and that one fights him and then all of a sudden a crowd of Spider-Man um run and jump on top of him and then next thing you know he's in a different illusion and just the way they use the cgi to make these illusions is absolutely incredible it's some of the best cgi i've seen and i i just i i wanted so much more of that in this movie there's not a whole lot of it and i wish there was so much more because the way they use his illusion tech and the movie is so cool. It is absolutely wonderful. There's one scene where he sees a giant statue of Mysterio. But as I was saying, when Peter confronts Mysterio for the final fight, and Mysterio's using all these different drones because they're in this narrow hallway and Mysterio kind of laughs a bit and all these drones come flying in and start projecting new illusions to try and confuse Peter but Peter uses his spidey sense so that he knows where the drones are and so you get these cool fight scenes where it's the illusion but Peter's punching and kicking all these drones because he has his spidey sense so he knows where they're flying to 
and finally when he gets down to the last two drones that are by Quentin they have a final fight Quentin uses the guns on the drones and is shot well he he gets shot Quentin also has a gun but Peter is standing over him and when you think that they're going to have this final showdown as Quentin is laying there talking to Peter you watch Peter throw his hand up and grab and that's when you see the Quentin on the ground holding his side disappears and there's another one standing there holding a gun at Peter and the use of his spidey sense in this movie is absolutely amazing and I'm so glad it's finally here because he didn't really use it in Homecoming we see like the hairs on his arms stick up in the beginning of Infinity War and that's how he knows Thanos' ship is there but other than that, we haven't really seen a Spidey sense in the MCU. And so they really go for it in this movie, and it works so well. And finally, the real Mysterio is actually shot. We don't, So we don't know exactly how the real Mysterio got shot, but he actually is shot, and we see him take his final breath. And in that, I'm kind of, I don't know if, the way it all plays out, I don't know if he's dead. I would like to think that he's not actually dead because Marvel has a really bad track record with just killing off their villains in one movie. Um, They didn't do it with Vulture, they didn't do it with Loki, but most of their villains they kill off in one movie. And so, a part of me is angry because Jake Gyllenhaal's performance as Mysterio is so pitch perfect. You get to see his descent into madness. He's so angry and vengeful about what Tony did to him and all of the people helping him that he wants nothing more than to tarnish his legacy. And that's what drives him into insanity. And so, you you really hope that he's not dead because I would love to see Mysterio come back, especially if they have plans for Sinister Six. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't think Mysterio's dead. And we'll get into more of that when I talk about the post credit scene here in a little bit. But I, I don't think Mysterio is actually dead. I think we will see him come back in some capacity. Um, whether that be he's leading a Sinister Six, Six team or not will be left up to them. But moving on, I want to talk overall plot of the movie in that the Mysterio's whole plan was he he got a bunch of people who have essentially been fucked over by Tony Stark and Stark Industries and one of them is actually a guy from the very first Iron Man that Obadiah Stane yells at 
about getting the arc reactor correct. And you know, he's the guy that Obadiah yells at and says, Tony Stark built this in a cave, in the middle of nowhere, in a cave. And you're telling me you can't do it with all the finest tools ever? And so that was a nice callback, but he has more people helping him. Uh, he has a guy who made up the story about Quentin being from another Earth in the multiverse and made the story about elementals and how the elementals killed his family. And it his plan is to use this illusion tech to create these giant scale elementals that do all his damage and have this fake Mysterio come in to fight back against these elementals and these drones can cloak themselves and they have guns and weapons on them so that when the elemental does something it actually damages the things around them so they have machine guns that can cause damage they have these like uh, sonic pulse things um, they we saw something similar in the Incredible Hulk movie that they use against the Hulk, that the military does, but that essentially can uh, blast people back and they can be so strong that they break through concrete. And so that's how they make the damage so real. So all of it's fake, including the Mysterio flying around fighting it. All that's fake but the damage is real because these drones have these tools to make it real. And so his goal is to have these elementals come and then Mysterio save the day. And then make it so everybody forgets who Tony Stark and Iron Man was because now there's Mysterio. And Mysterio is this major popular superhero that is so much greater than any other hero. But the downfall to Quentin Beck and Mysterio is that his hubris, his ego is so big and his his idea to get that sort of revenge against Tony for stealing his life's work is what ultimately drives him into madness. And then Peter realizing what he's doing and why it's bad going after him and that Peter told his, to his classmates MJ and Ned and driving him to go nope okay now I'm killing you so I'm going to put on this grand spectacle of me saving the day from this giant elemental creature at the London Bridge and I'm going to kill your friends and so that's you get to see the descent into madness and I think it's done very well. Um, I don't think it's done perfect. I think there's a lot to... I think there's some areas that it could have been improved on. But it works. And the callback to it being Tony's fault is kind of nice. But also a little irritating. Because I would have liked to see something more original than it's calling back to older MCU films. So... But overall, I think the plot works, and I think it fits very well with the story that they're trying to tell with Far From Home, in that who's the next Iron Man, but there doesn't need to be a new Iron Man. And 
Spider-Man definitely doesn't live up to that. He doesn't have to. He's Spider-Man. That's all he has to be. Um, I put on my notes because a question I had after seeing this movie is, is this a Spider-Man movie or is this a kind of like farewell love letter send off for Tony Stark? And the answer is kind of complicated because it very much feels like a send off for Iron Man. There's a Iron Man is very heavily felt in this movie, but it is at its core a Spider-Man movie because at its core it's about Peter still struggling with um, who he is and what his identity is, and it, he's also struggling with how he's going to continue to have that identity even though his mentor his teacher is gone and so it's very much a spider-man movie but it is very much a send-off for tony stark as a character because he's so heavily felt and he's such a big influence in the movie but it's still very much a spider-man film in that it's about peter finding his identity and who he is and so for that, I say it's more Spider-Man movie than Tony Stark's send-off movie. But um, I've emptied my tank because I don't, for this review, I don't, I just want to hit a couple points like I've done. I don't want to ramble too much like I have so far. And so I want to kind of jump into the big meat of really why I want to do this review this way. And that's because the post credit scene we got. We So, for those who haven't watched and for some reason are listening to this, because they might not care about spoilers, but if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, we have two... We have a post credit scene and an end credit scene. The end credit scene is more of a fun kind of... I don't think it's really anything serious that we should look deeply into, but we get revealed that both Nick Fury and Maria Hill the entire time for this movie have been scrolls. And more specifically, they've been Talos and his wife from the Captain Marvel movie. And that Nick Fury is off-world on a scroll ship, and we see him... But, well, so we see Talos leaving it, calling him and telling him, like, hey, we need you back. Because everybody's asking where the Avengers are. But hey, the kid handled it. Like everything went fine. The kid handled everything with Mysterio. Um, talking about how Mysterio's tech was so good that it even tricked him. And so it's a funny, nice little gag. But before we get the reveal that Nick Fury's on a scroll ship in space. Uh, we see that it looks like he's on a beach somewhere. And he just kind of hangs up on Talos. But that's really the end credit scene. I don't, there's not much to go off of. Like I said, I don't think we should look too deeply into it because it feels more like it's supposed to be a fun little gag. But the post credit scene. So the movie ends with Peter swinging through New York and he uses, he glides through. What you it used to be the uh, Stark Tower 
then Avengers Tower. Now it's remodeled. There's a sort of like mid-garden area that he uh, glides through. And he glides down, stops with MJ, asks MJ if she's ready. And that we, the last scene we see before the post credit scene is them swinging off. The post credit scene picks up with them finishing that swing through the air. MJ, that when they land, her hair's all frizzy and poofy, and she says, we're never doing that again. And so Peter tells her, like, I got to leave. And he swings up, stops on a light post, and that's when we see the news broadcast start. And the anchor says, breaking news, blah, blah, blah. And we get the amazing reveal of the Daily Bugle. And for those who aren't very big on Spider-Man and don't know exactly what the Daily Bugle is, the Daily Bugle is a big news conglomerate in the Spider-Man world, or in the Marvel Universe, and it's ran by J. Jonah Jameson, famously known by being played by uh, J.K. Simmons and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, but it's also where Peter goes and works for a while, sending in pictures that he takes of himself as Spider-Man. And J. Jonah Jameson is famously known for thinking Spider-Man is a menace. But this Daily Bugle in the MCU is depicted more of a InfoWars type. This more theorist, uh, uh, conspiracy theorist kind of thing. They're more of like a blog sort of situation. But we get the reveal that not only is the Daily Bugle in the MCU now, but J.K. Simmons is back reprising that role of J. Jonah Jameson. Which is... I. It's probably one of my favorite things about this movie is the fact that J.K. Simmons is back because I don't see anybody else playing that role besides him. And so it's just it's fun to see that J.K. is back playing Jameson and it's just fun to see the J Daily Bugle finally be back because we didn't get it in Andrew Garfield's. We hadn't seen it since Sam Raimi's. And so we have it back. But to move on. Uh, Jameson talks about how there's footage that got sent to the Bugle from exclusive footage from the attack on London Bridge a few weeks prior. Talking about the fight with Mysterio and Spider-Man and the Elemental. And the footage shows a wounded Mysterio before he dies on the ground, Spider-Man hovering over him talking about how he wants to terminate them all and it's edited in a way to make spider-man look like a villain saying he wants to kill everybody and mysterio then reveals that peter parker is spider-man and so peter parker is outed as spider-man this is huge absolutely big and but there was something that got brought up in a different someone's review that I watched. Um, if you haven't heard of them, go check out New Rock Stars on YouTube and everything. But one of uh, 
it's they brought up an excellent point that it looks like the Daily Bugle isn't very trusted in the MCU right now. They because they very much are depicted, very much depicted as a Infowars style news source. So they're not so much like truthful news as more of like conspiracy theories. And so it's gonna be interesting to see in the sequel in the third movie is they can like is New York going or the world going to really trust J. Jonah Jameson that much? Or are they gonna kinda be like, well, is Peter Parker Spider Man? Is Mysterio a good guy? Like it, it's gonna be interesting to see what route they take with this and what this leads to. Because I I've kind of thought before watching Far From Home, I thought that Mysterio was gonna be introduced and one of the post credit scenes was gonna see him go to jail and meet Vulture. I thought he was gonna end up meeting Vulture and I thought they were going to start the Sinister Six and the third movie was gonna be Sinister Six. Now I don't know and I, I feel like they're going to introduce Norman Osborn and do this whole plot with Norman and uh, Jameson teaming up to try and take down Spider-Man and, or figure out who, if Peter Parker is really Spider-Man. And so the third movie is going to be a very interesting story. I can't wait to know what it's going to be and I hope we get it in two years like we did with Far From Home I can't imagine they don't fast track that movie but yeah the post credit scene was absolutely amazing it's it's so nice to see the Daily Bugle back and it's so nice to see J.K. Simmons reprise that role of J. Jonah Jameson and I if I had to score Far From Home because I don't want to ramble too much more on the movie and that there I hit most of the points I want to hit with the movie if I had to score this movie I'd probably score this movie a 8.5 maybe a 9 out of 10 it's it's not perfect it it definitely falls short in some areas there's some things I wish they would have done differently but I think what they did works and for where this movie falls in the MCU, I think this movie uh, does well. Like I said, it's not perfect by any means. There's, It's very hard to have a perfect movie. But I think this movie is amazing. It's funny. It's charming. It's sad. It's happy. This movie is the perfect summer blockbuster. And I can't wait to go see it again. And maybe when I go see it again, I'll do more. I'll do something else on another episode of Demented Cast, breaking down certain things about the movie. But if you have enjoyed this review, which you probably haven't because I ramble on in these reviews, but if you have enjoyed, please consider sharing the podcast on all your social media uh, platforms. Tell a friend about it, please. It helps us really grow. Consider going over to Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Give us five stars. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. You can even go onto the Anchor app and leave me voice messages and tell me like what, how you think 
the podcast is, what you think we make it better. And I'll include those at the end of episodes. I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. But, uh, yeah, go on to the Anchor app. Leave me a voice message. I'll put them at the end of episodes. And as a thank you, sort of, kind of, if you leave me a review, a voice message, and it's a review, I will put them at the end of episodes. So thank you, everybody, who listened to the end of this review. And we will be back soon with another episode of Demented Cast. Peace.